Welcome to Checks and Balances, brought to you by Velocity. I'm Michael Vincent, this is James Blair, and this week, an absolute banger, we get asked this question all the time, why aren't rents going up at the same pace as property costs? Okay, C&B, things are changing a little bit. We've got a very exciting new partnership with Velocity. Mike, for those who aren't out there in the property game, yeah. who are Velocity? So Velocity are New Zealand's largest property valuation outfit tool website. We primarily use them to get all of our uh, data on properties when we're looking at them for customers or maybe for ourselves. So things like Ooh, what's the value of the property? What was it last sold for? Who currently owns it? Who's it mortgaged to? All of that sort of juicy information that you don't quite get by just looking at the house on Trade Me, that's what we use Velocity for. Now, you kind of might look at that and go, okay, yeah, that's um, you know a little bit of data and a nice to have. Velocity actually operate internationally. So they operate in a number of uh, countries around the world and they have partnership data agreements, which means actually it's not just property data they have. They are linked to things like building costs, you know, uh, find out about average incomes, all of these sorts of things. So yeah, a ton of information, very excited. Yeah, so they've got a huge amount of property data and data kind of linked around property as Mm. well. They're going to give us the data. We're going to talk to you about it. And it should lead towards some of the best property education in terms of data going around in New Zealand. And banter. A little bit of banter. Um, We like to think we're funnier than we are, though. Yeah. So uh, today we're talking about why aren't rents keeping up with costs. Now, before we talk about it, I want Ravi, can we just quickly bring up uh, maybe a year ago we did a predictions episode. Let's have a quick look. Rents are going to increase 30% over the next two years. So... Mike, we thought rents would go up 30% over two years. Yep. It ain't looking that way. Nah, it's not looking that way. Um, and I guess you know, there's, we'll, we'll run into uh, some of the reasons behind that. But I guess a bit of the natural uh, cause of that is there's always going to be a natural ceiling on, on how high you can raise rents. Like with the cost of everything else going up, it's not like you can just go, okay, all of a sudden this is going to be a thousand bucks a week and it was 600. Yeah. I mean, I was talking to my dad about it the other day and he was saying to me, I don't get it. Like my tenants just left and I'm going to end up with less rent Mm. than um, I'm currently getting. He's going, interest rates have tripled. So as a property investor, my costs have gone up. Rates have gone up. Insurance has gone up. Uh, All costs towards landlords have Mm. increased. Why aren't rents going up? Um, so once again, Velocity have given us the information opposed to just an opinion. We've got the data. It'd be actually, I think if, before we jump into that, it'd be great if maybe, um, property investors and landlords to do that similar thing that the banks do where they all just raise everything at the same time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's kind of like when they're not, when not the, working together. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah when yeah. the petrol stations yeah. talk to each other <laughs> and go, I'm going to increase my prices, you increasing yeah, your prices. Yeah, yeah. You um, do it at nine, I'll do it at 19. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if we look at actually, before we talk about why rents aren't increasing at the rate that they're expected. Let's actually look at how much they have increased mm. by. So over um, over 2023 so far, over the past 12 months, they've increased by 5.3%, yep. which is actually a drop year on year. And mm. Ravi, if you bring up the graph talking about a national three-bedroom medium rental price, um, Mike, it's... It's definitely not 30% over two years. No, it's not. And it is still going up. But if you look at that and go, okay, but it's still going up at 5% per year, 4% per year. Okay, that's fine. You've got to remember that at the moment, inflation's going up by 7%. And when we're looking at the costs associated with an investment property or, or any property, 
the large driver of that cost is the interest rate. So yep. yeah, don't get me wrong, like everything else in the consumer price index, basket of goods might be going up, your cabbages, your petrol, whatever. But actually for a property, that interest rate is one of the massive drivers of cost. Yeah, so if you're looking at, and I would say quite logically, which is where the prediction came from last year, mm. going uh, rents are going to increase dramatically because costs have gone up dramatically for landlords. We've looked at the wrong t- wrong side of the ledger. Yeah, you know, it's a demand and supply game. Mm. Now, granted, there is starting to be some commentary around, you know, are property investors going to stay being property investors? But if we focus right now on the um, the the person renting the house, the yeah. renters, you know, their wages have gone up four point three percent to March over twelve months, mm. while rents have increased, inflation has increased, and while sure, uh, costs to landlords have gone up. It don't matter, Mike. If your if your costs are going up, but I can't afford it, yeah, it's just not going to work, is it? Yeah, a hundred percent. And that's what I sort of talked about with that natural ceiling of where you can set a price. At some point, people just can't pay anymore, uh, and landlords need to be really cognizant of that. And the market is also going to determine that to a degree as well. Yeah. So once again, if you if you're a landlord and going, it's just a matter of time. Rents are going to increase. They have to increase because my costs are going mm. up and all the landlords are going to agree on this. It's just not how it's going to work and, and what the data is telling us and why rents aren't increasing. Um, Mike, maybe if we jump to back to some of the costs of yeah. ownership and the fact that landlords are feeling the pinch, where are some of the places where you know costs are going up? Yeah, so I mean, associated with, um, uh, with the house, you're always going to have rates, right? Uh, and you know the Auckland Council just announced their biggest rate rise uh, you know, Honestly. in a long time, uh, so that that hits you directly in the pocket, and that is a cost incurred by the landlord. This is not uh, a commercial property usually where you can pass everything through, so that's a seven percent increase uh, just this year alone. Um, and then you know some of the other territories have announced higher increases in that too. Um, the other one, insurance now. I don't know if you've been uh, experiencing any of the kind of freaky weather lately, James, but uh, all of that damage, the cyclones, the floods, the hurricanes, everything, even right back to the earthquakes in Christchurch, um, has all increased the insurance premiums on houses. And rightly or wrongly so, every time you dial up the risk for an insurance company, they dial up how much they want to be compensated for it. Yeah, so it's not just about uh, the mortgage costs that we're talking about. All of these other costs are starting to add up, which are putting more pressure on investors. Yeah. Mike, the other big one, if we bring up graph number two, is around building costs. Mm. And this was a huge story, probably especially last year yeah. with getting uh, supplies into the country. Yep. But if we look in 20, uh, May 2022, year-on-year building costs were up to 19.2% mm. increase. Still 12.1%, right? So to build anything, to renovate anything, it's bloody expensive. Yeah, and I don't think we're going to see any real release and pressure in that area of the market going forward, right? And again, if we come back to what's happening in the economy, you have uh, you know uh, a, a large number of inflation. Uh, sorry, uh, immigration coming back into the uh, into New Zealand. You've got some pressure in um, localized areas of the economy uh, geographically, like um, places that were hit by the cyclone and the flooding. Mm. Um, so I just can't see that building cost coming back at all. And another real um, interesting point to factor in with the building cost is I think it's something like consents and, um, you know, like permits and that type of expense um, globally is around 2% of the cost of building a house, whereas in New Zealand it is like 
over triple that, right? Like it's the like freaking councils. Yeah. Like. And, and you can see here that actually what that does mean is that rebuilds and new builds are taking longer and that holding cost uh, is increased to the developer or the person who's building the house, which means again, although the cost of materials is going up, that is another way that that cost is going up as well without the actual uh, inflation on the material. Bring back Tim Shadbolt, I say. He'll fix all the council problems. <laughs> Could he fix his own problems? <laughs> you yeah. hear he asked to um, have a statue built of him in Invercargill. Uh, didn't you do try and do that out on High Street? Yeah. <laughs> well, very funny, just side note. Tim Shadbolt was like, um, look, I personally would never ask for a statue to be built of myself. However, enough people have come to me and gone, I think a statue should be built. Yeah. And I've gone, you know what? They've got some good points here. <laughs> I think they should build a statue. Honestly, I'm going to use that every time I was here. Like, I personally would yeah. However, yeah. enough people have come I'm to far me. too humble. All yeah. right, let's jump back to the increase in costs. The other one, which our accounting team are starting to see, and the yeah. noise is just going to increase and increase, is the interest deductibility. Yeah. So winding back to Labor's changes around property investment. So the interest on the mortgage mm. was a um, expense that you could put in your tax return, which yep. means you could save quite a lot of money uh, for existing properties. Mm. That's slowly getting phased out. So it was 100%, then it was 75%. This year is going to be 50%. Yep. And then the year after that, 25% and then zero. Uh, that is an increase in cost to landlords as well. Yeah, 100%. But look. Well played there. I know we're talking about uh, this cost, this cost, this cost, but- to rewind a little bit and bring it back to the big one, it's mortgage rates. Now, everybody knows that mortgage rates have effectively tripled uh, over the last couple of years. And, you know, it was a record low of 2.4% in 2021 uh, to a decade high of 6.5% in 2023. And I'll tell you what, those uh, retail rates just went up again last week. We're now looking at one-year fixes in the sevens uh, for the carded rates, and that is pretty depressing. So... If you think about that cost tripling uh, over you know uh, the last couple of years, what does that look like in terms of a um, you know here's how much I'm paying in interest, here's how much I'm getting in rent? If we could pull up the graph, please, to have a look at this. Now you can see in Jan 2021, the weekly interest payment on a $700,000 loan, $319 a week. Seems very reasonable, doesn't mm. it, James? Now if I'm earning $620 a week uh, in my rental income. Great, happy days, making a profit, uh, you know, going to have to pay some tax at the end of the year. Don't worry about it. However, you can see that around sort of that May, July 2022 is when that intersection of those two things met uh, and that interest cost has just continued to increase. So that weekly rent has only gone up from 620 to 690 um, to July 23, but that interest cost is now at 901 per week. So look, that really is the big one for property investors who have are carrying a lot of debt on these properties. I mean, when you talk about percentages, sometimes mm. the impact can be lost a little bit. Yeah. But when you look at these numbers and dollar figures and go, you know, this graph isn't over that long of a period of time. And if you're going, why has the noise stopped? Why are we in a recession? This is why we're in a recession. Yeah. Is we went from on, on these numbers, you know, making $300 a week to losing about $300 a week. Mm. And that doesn't even factor in. We spoke about the rates. We spoke about the interest deductibility. We spoke about the insurance, you know, maintenance, accountants. Um, it's very expensive. That that graph, Mike, is um, <laughs> it's, it's a lot. I mean, it paints a fairly uh, obvious picture, right? Is like actually the cash flows on these properties are now negative. 
And, you know, we, we have a way of framing it to property investors where I'm saying, you know, or we're saying like, hey, if I gave you back, if, if it's going to cost you 15 grand a year, but I'm giving you back 30 grand a year, that's still a good investment. It's just a hard pill to swallow when it comes with the increase of all the other costs and the fact that actually I was making money on this and now I'm not. Well, it's also nice when I'm making 35 grand a year in capital gains and making 100 bucks, 200 bucks a week in um, cash flow, isn't it? 100%, yeah. Yeah, so we've got our next graph, which kind of brings the point through even more mm. in terms of what percentage of properties are cash flow um, positive versus cash flow negative. Yeah. So just as a quick reminder, cash flow positive, cash flow negative. Are you making money after all of your costs and rent or are you losing money? So Mike, cash flow positive, do you want to talk us through those those numbers? Yeah, look, so I mean, the, the proportion of uh, sales that were cash flow positive has dropped a lot, right? Like even, even when you look at the graph, you can see that, hey, most of the investment properties that are selling on the market now are not cash flow positive. No real surprise there. And, and we're talking through that with our investors at the moment, right? Like, and we know that markets work in cycles, interest rates will come back down, things will change. But you've got to make sure that you can ride out the bad times. You can't just be making plans for these sorts of things, uh, thinking rates are going to be 2% forever. It's going to be fine. Give me five more houses, please. And, you know, one of the things that just kind of does show and does stress is that actually there are going to be some people in a difficult situation out there in the market who are now looking at these and going, I actually can't afford this. I did not run the numbers properly. I didn't think this through enough. I wanted a house because everyone at the barbecue has got one. And maybe there's going to be some opportunities for people to actually get into the market. Yeah. And once again, if there is any way you can hold during the current market, it's, you know, you probably lost on like a $900,000 property, a couple of hundred thousand dollars. Mm. And if you sell right now, you know, if there's no other way, make sure to talk to a professional first, but you are going to crystallize and lose a couple hundred grand. Yeah. And if you're saving, I don't know, as a household, $10,000 a year, that might be 20 years of savings if you crystallize those losses mm. right now. So if there is any way that you can hold on to that, that property and ride it through, it's not a thing where, you know, it's going to be all sunshines and lollipops tomorrow. But if, if you can find a way to hold through the next couple of years, you know, holding during times like this is really important. Yeah. And we always come back to, you know, have a chat to the experts early, right? And it's, it's, it's about not putting your head in the sand if you are in a position where the cash flow is negative and things are getting tight. It's having a discussion around what can you actually do and how can we fix this? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, these these numbers, Mike, so in Q1 2021, 90% were cash flow uh, positive mm. and current date, only 10% are cash flow uh, positive. It's probably everyone in Gisborne. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Oh, I tell you what, Gizzy, um, some great rental yields, rental yields out there, Palmerston North. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me, that, I mean, that starting point of Q1, it tells a story of like, um, look how far back it's gone. But the point of Q1 2021 was it was artificially high, right? Like there was a sugar high of how mm. low interest rates were, which if you use that as a starting point, makes everything just look... Um, oh, yeah, 100%. And we get this the same sentiment just when people are asking us about, um, oh, interest rates are really high at the moment. I'm like, yeah, interest rates are a little bit high now, but they look a lot higher because they were so low. And the interesting thing about that graph is you know, the uh, cash flow positive um, and the one-year fixed rate, you know, you can see how similar that line is uh, and the inflection there on like actually it's just as those interest rates increase, 
all of a sudden that cash flow becomes negative. Yeah. Look, so there's a lot of pain to property investors and landlords at the moment. The other probably quite interesting point uh, thing I'm starting to see as well is just a little bit of commentary in the news going, um, what is the impact if landlords start to move out of the market mm. and what's the impact to, you know, there's already lots of people in um, short-term accommodation and there's a shortage of uh, rental properties yeah. in the country. A little bit of commentary along those sort of lines. The, the, the key takeaway here is while there's a lot of pain on landlords, I don't want to say it's irrelevant, Mike, but it's, it's not the part that moves the, moves the equation. Mm. It's um, the people who are renting, all of their costs are going up their income is not keeping up. So for you to go, you know, as a percentage, my costs, I mean, in some of these graphs, you know, the, the cost might be 20, 30, 40% yeah. on a landlord. It doesn't matter because your renter can't afford and it's just a demand supply game. Yeah, and, and we see that everywhere in the market, right? I think, and you see every time there's intervention in the market, you see a distortion. And that's really evident here with these figures is when the rates were artificially low, we start to see a distortion in the housing market and then a correction, which is what we're going through now. Yeah. So a huge thanks to Velocity for giving yeah. us all of this data. The really good stuff, good thing about all of this data right now is we get asked questions mm. about, you know, Mike, I'm worried there might be too many townhouses in New Zealand yeah. or why are rents not keeping up? If you've got a question like that and want to see the data to support um, whatever is happening and why it is happening, put it in the comments, reach yeah. out, let us know. Thank you very much for joining it. Joining, please review, please subscribe. We'll catch you next time. Cheers.